Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. This is Talk Cosmos, and today is April. No, it's not. That's next week. It is March 28th, and we will be repeating this program on Thursday, on April 2nd. And we are in the archetype of of Aries. Boy, I've got some of the A words wrong here. It is Aries. It's the second week as far as our program is concerned, and we're involved in that spark of life that broke away, separated from the whole, to individuate, to separate. And Mars is the planet that rules, or the rule-influencing planet, as we often describe it also, such as Caroline Casey, a great astrologer, will denote And so, therefore, we're very concerned with Mars. And in this particular conversation tonight, we are discussing Mars in its conjunction. That means at the same point, the same degree point in its orbital path around the sun with Saturn. They will be in zero degrees Aquarius. In fact, tonight, I am also introducing the planet buzz and it's going to be a monthly program that focuses on the planetary pairs we call them synodic cycles often this is when the planet connects with the sun however it can also in be when a two planets such as mars and saturn are at that same point Mars has an orbital path of two years around the sun. And Saturn has one of 29 and a half years. So there are periodic times every two years, there's going to be a connection. And at the moment, it is zero degrees Aquarius. Essentially, Mars is that planet of initiation and action. It's can work in our defenses. It can lead to many different occasions of action in our energetic, well, energetic world or psyche or or the entire world of, of astrology and of our, how we reflect the universe of that dynamic. And Saturn is the planet that is the, has been throughout time since the ancient times, the border, the actual boundary of our visible planets, what we perceive as as an external reality. Uranus can be seen very during certain times we have so discovered if it's opposite the sun during a certain small part of the uh, calendar year at certain locations, but it's so dim. And so I mention that, but really in all essential reality, Saturn is that boundary, the timekeeper, the many aspects. These two combined have 
potent possibilities and meaningfulness for us. And so in this mini series, which will be every month and connect with the dates, I have to remind people, subscribe. You can go to Talk Cosmos and just simply put in your information and you'll receive this weekly edition. My guests will be returning on a routine basis, and I'm very delighted. Dr. Laura Tad, and she holds a PhD in human science, and she's internationally known as a psychological astrologer. She's a consultant, teaches lectures on astrology in person and online, actively involved with the astrology community, been on boards of regional international astrology organizations. She blogs writing for the Mountain Astrologer. And that might be a, a resource that many of you, if you're not already involved with, is a superb reference to keep connected with their every publication every two months. Celestial Vibes and the tarot.com. She's an educated educator and astrologer and a facilitator board member of lived life resources which is an educational nonprofit specializing in resiliency education research and advocacy so dr tad will be with this program for aries and for taurus and gemini and then skipping over to virgo we'll have another uh, guest who is Tara all for the summer months. And so it'll be a wonderful opportunity to develop this synodic pair. And in this case, Mars and Saturn. Laura, hi. Hi. <laughs> yes, I hope it's really extraordinary. You know, when I want to introduce our thought here with all of it, I just saw this quote by Lao Tzu, that's L-A-O-T-S-U for those that are perhaps wanting to jot it down. What the caterpillar calls the end, the rest of the world calls a butterfly. And I thought, my goodness, that seems to introduce our whole concept of Mars uniting with Saturn in the sign of Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see. I mean, yeah, Taoist, my brother would be the better, my brother's a Taoist scholar, so he oh. would be the better <laughs> guest to talk about Taoism. Um, but I do think that there's a piece of that. of like, well, where is, depending on where you think the beginning is or the end is, right? That's a matter of perspective. Um, and, you know, Saturn is about boundaries on, in so many ways, right? It shows up so much in the mythology, right? And yes. um, and as we were talking about the other day in preparation for this, you know, we're, here we are all in this social distancing reality that we find ourselves and it couldn't be more archetypally perfect that really like Saturn got into Aquarius and everybody was in social social distancing and this boundary of Saturn and yet Aquarius being humanity in groups and um, it, it it is like it's the perfection is you can't make it up no and 
it seems to me too, I was reflecting on all of this as we all are and because we have chatted a little bit, but the fact that it is in the transpersonal area, you know, Saturn having just entered on the 21st Aquarius and then on the 31st, it actually connects with uh, Mars, but that Aquarian element is really bridging the collective in a broad uh, community basis and that whole quadrant so that our ex personal experience is now being mirrored. It, it does give a real depth to this um, transit. Yes. Yeah, that it's, you know, at least here in the States, right? The phrase everybody keeps saying, oh, we're all in this together. Well, how Aquarian is that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, that there is this sense of, in this isolation, a unified experience um, globally in this instance. Um, yeah, there's uh, so... Go ahead. Well, there's so many threads. It's very true. As soon as one word I think of it, to expand on this whole thought, to give it a context, which I know we, so we'll just add in. But it, it's so true, being at home or regulating, refraining from our activities, very limiting, limiting, like the Saturnian energy, breaking our routine very much of Aquarian, which is irregularity and, and suddenness, you know, it, Uranus that rules Aquarius is, sideways the way it rotates and it goes backwards and quite different but the isolation really is a driving force to re well to connect with our inner self of where we are unified through our spiritual commonality sure. i mean things. i think that there's a piece of that for sure um, you know, we can't dismiss the fact that we have Neptune in Pisces while all <laughs> of this is going on. So that brings in part of that and Mercury's there at the moment, um, as well. And so there is a piece of that, um, for a lot of people of going in and internal in going in, not just physically, um, but coming to spiritual oh more of a spiritual practice or bringing that going back to that because people are wanting answers they're wanting a touchstone of support you know that the level of stress and anxiety that people are experiencing around the globe is so profoundly high that a lot of people are going back to maybe previously you know sort of practiced or you know spiritual practices that have fallen by the wayside because life gets in the way um it takes time it them. takes time to meditate yes <laughs> um yeah we get busy and we forget to or you know it it's can be the thing that easily sort of gets forgotten for some people and that in times of crisis it's what they cling to, what they go back to. And it integrates that external, the structures with our internal connection to source. Because again and again, one's reminded whenever it's about manifestation, that it all begins with the internal 
um, sense of feelings and, and consciousness and all of that. And I know that in our conversation, we're both evolutionary astrology, which is on soul growth and that hunger for getting past limitations. And I was thinking if you know, we can touch, kind of sure. dive right into that, because it also involves a polarity point. I'm thinking of, and you had brought up earlier about the appropriate role that each one of us has, because, you know, these are cardinal signs or cardinal planets, actually. Aquarius is right. a fixed air. Yes. But the planets are rule or govern cardinal signs traditionally. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and Mars as a sign is about initiating, right? It's, it rules Aries. It's the first sign in the Zodiac. It's all about, an, and all the cardinal energy is initiatory, right? All the cardinal signs launch the seasons. Of course, Action. Northern Hemisphere and Southern Hemisphere, it's flipped, right? But they still are the start of a season. And so that's that initiatory energy. In the Northern Hemisphere, Aries, first day of spring, right? It's that initiatory energy. And so Mars has that. And I think part of the beautiful thing that can come out of this conjunction, that's not just, okay, we're all living in isolation and trying to, I'm having a, you know, Zoom chat with my niece knitting mm -hmm. over a computer when we live next door to each other. Yes. Um, <laughs> beyond that, that, um, that the innovative approaches to things that can come out that aren't just technology that will definitely be a piece of this for sure i think there'll be a lot of really interesting tech that comes out of this period that you know a huge uptick in telemedicine i would be shocked if we don't see beyond this point people are doing it now because it's necessary but after this crisis passes i would imagine we're going to see more telemedicine happening um, so that maybe you don't need to go in to see the doctor. You can talk to the doctor over the computer. It, uh, true. That will it, be part of this for sure. Will, yes, I was thinking the zero point, as we were saying before, is pretty potent always as beginnings and endings of the 29. But it's a, really, in a sense, a seed point that this whole explosion of using cyber communication my physical therapist had called me. I had to see last year when I broke my wrist. And they're seeing people in online. And, of course, the conferences are all going online. And it's another way of negotiating. It's, it's really true. And Aries, I mean, Mars being associated with a fire planet is just plain energy. It just wants to move. So really... In those air signs, it has a pathway, although Saturn generally is, I was just listening to Maurice Fernandez, who I'm a student of and ongoing, one of my teachers of, I, I listen to a great deal. And he was mentioning how it's cumulative, you know, the wisdom of, of Saturn. So, you know, there are limitations still in those in that sense but with it, so the the process you know it's still a little bit i was thinking of sort of the break with saturn and the 
forward motion of Mars, but it is all to do about timing too, maturation and ripeness of, as he was saying, with Saturn. So this point that you're bringing up of innovative. Yeah, and it may take, you know, it, there may be a, it's a mixture because I think in some respects for a brief period, stuff gets expedited very fast because Mars rushes all the time, right? So right. while they're yeah. while they're conjunct, there'll be a rushing and a a sense of you know that Aries urgency, that urgency of Aries, that urgency of Mars of it should have been done yesterday, yeah. right? Um, yes. But that will move on. But Saturn's going to sort of do this dance back and forth in Aquarius this year. So it'll go retrograde. It gets back into Capricorn briefly this summer, or you know, back into Capricorn this summer, and doesn't get back into Aquarius um, till the end of the year. So there is this sort of okay, this innovation, and then in the retrograde there may be this reevaluation, this need to sort of okay how the concretizing energy that Capricorn is. It's like, well, okay, realistically, how is this rolled out? How is this implemented? Because Aquarius can be that all things are possible perspective in some ways um, and not necessarily liking the detail that may be needed to actually launch things, right? So we may see some really interesting ideas that then are a little protracted in the launch. Yes, it, it, it could be ideally a good blend to break through, explore ideas, you know, the exploratory uh, Mars, you know, ruling Aries is that archetype. But then again, the practicality, bringing it to Earth. And of course, we know about Uranus that's ruling Aquarius is in Taurus. So it is that sky and earth relationship just like that mythology of Aranus and Gaia but with evolutionary I liked your idea reminding me of the trauma aspect Mm. because there's this is many-sided prism that we're entering and it too has a real distinct voice as far as the experience absolutely and i think that that's i mean so in evolutionary astrology right 11th house uranus aquarius are seen karm as as points of of trauma as one of the part of the manifestations of that archetype and so i do think that that's part of this but also it's this the blend that is with Aquarius. It's that recognizing that everybody's had trauma, everybody's having a hard time. That's yeah. part of that humanitarian element of Aquarius. And that that's actually part of how we'll heal and how people who are currently being triggered. And, you know, that that recognition that that doesn't in any way make somebody's personal experience any less painful. Um, I don't want to no, take no, away no, from but just that have compassion, but, compassion. Well, but, and collectively having compassion because yes. we're seeing it at such a large scale, at such an international level. And 
that, um, be, yeah, that being able to have compassion is part of the antidote to the trauma, is part of the antidote to the grief. It that is. People are experiencing at a large scale right now. And I listened to a TED talk. It was a short talk. Was, I'm trying to find the note who exactly it was speaking. But she is a, a doctor who is doesn't treat patients, but she studies the global populations of disease mm-hmm. and essentially was saying that what we really need to do was elevate, and this is a sense of the global connection that I'm tying mm-hmm. into with what you're saying here, that that to recognize that globally, every culture requires that medical resources to treat this, to have the proper ventilators, the masks, the tests, all of it, because she dated back to 2002 with the SARS in Sierra Leone. And there they only had 120 doctors. 11 of them died compared to a Texas hospital she compared where they had 1,000 people on the staff. I mean, it's just such an enormous contrast. And so this is a, a element that we're learning about this seventh uh, coronavirus, which is a, in a series of other coronaviruses by itself. It's not brand new, except in a sense in that family, except that how this one exhibits is new to us. And so what's really important to beyond our compassion is our recognition on that like of community to, to offer medical assistance or, or the availability around the world. And also the other public citizen news was bringing out the fact that the National Institute of Health is really the primary uh, developer of vaccines because the, the monopoly of the pharmaceutical companies haven't any profit in that. There are four, they said, that do have vaccines programs that is GlaxoSmithKline, Pfizer, Sanofi, and Merck. I don't know to what degree, but the point was is that if the public, well, not if, but since the public is actually paying $700 million on the coronavirus research and development since the 2002 SARS outbreak, that really it needs to be an accessible vaccine for the public. And there has been some. Sure. I mean, right now we don't have one. No. So, <laughs> but it needs to be authorized, um, right? Well, right. But I, again, I think that that's part of this Aquarian archetype that, you know, Saturn exactly. will be there for the next two and a half years, right? That's about Saturn's cycle. So it doesn't mean we're in this state of social isolation for the next two and a half years. And it's there every 28, 30 years. So, you know, the last time it was there was the 90s, right? So, but that part of that could very, part of this manifestation could be, and 
you know, social um, safety nets. Social what? What was that? Safety nets, right? Having universal health care. That could be part of what comes out of this. Okay, got it. Because that idea of like Saturn being responsibility, responsible for the community, responsible for the collective. Beautiful. (laughs) Right? So that could be part of you know, having all these things, you know, there was memes going on Facebook, but like everything that everybody's saying, why isn't this in place? It's what all the progressives have been talking about for decades. And now other people are getting on board and saying, huh, right. If we had universal health care, the cost of a test and treatment wouldn't even be part of our conversation. This is great because it's true. The essence of Aquarius really focuses on that evolution, the evolution, the boy, I, my tongue and my thought here, elevating, elevating. Give it a couple minutes. Yeah. We've had the moon at twenty nine degrees since we started. So oh. in another like two minutes or another ten minutes, it'll get to zero. But yeah, we oh started, to Gemini. Okay, so I'm just finishing with up. the moon at, at the anaerobic degree. <laughs> oh, I'll be a little more verbal then. This is good instead of well, it is a process. You know, it all has to do with plateaus and points you know it is one point and it is an important point of this planetary moment which won't be for a few days yet and in this whole cycle of time and I guess that's really a important part you had mentioned about other previous we both researched different time periods and I think 9-11 you were mentioning Oh, well, so too. not with it wasn't a Saturn Pluto or Saturn Mars piece, but that the nodes are where they were. Okay, so okay. Her nodes are where they were for 9 I see. That, okay. Because and it so is part of why I pulled that in when we were chatting the other day was that when the Saturn Mars conjunction perfects on the 31st, um, the moon is conjunct the North Node. So there so is a piece of that. It's you can't. I think that's a a you can't sort of divorce it from that, right? And I think that again, that brings in this. You know, this even if you don't look at it from an EA perspective, just the fact that the nodes are Cancer Capricorn, it is professional life, home, public life, private life. That is what we are. You know, that is the seesaw we are on at a global level. Um, and navigating that and trying to figure out with this Uranian Aquarian energy coming in a, that looking different and different. We shall be, we will come right back. This is talk cosmos on March 28th, repeating on April 2nd with Dr. Laura Tad and we're talk. We'll be right back. Thank you. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We're currently in the period of Aries. By leaving a cycle based upon completion, the energy of Aries sparks initiation, creating action to separate into a new cycle of life. 
It's a fire sign, which means it will involve great emotion. And because separation may create resistance, it also takes great courage to break away to new ways of becoming. Hello, this is Madam Simon, Archetypal Astrologer and Tarot Reader, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Seattle, Tacoma, Antwerp? That's right. We're streamed worldwide on our app and on the web at 1150kknw.com. Oh, okay. Hello. Yes, we are. We're back again. I usually have a little music there, but space is good, right? Something that breaks the continuity. This is Talk Cosmos. In our conversation, so many other other points, but I think on the positive, on the pro versus con, it, I did want to bring up immediately to kind of reinforce what Laura, Dr. Tad is speaking of, and that is that the community of helping appropriate roles of each of us. I think that really there is a, a function that each one of us has with the greater uh, group. And one could look at it, or one definitely looks at it from the sense of the fact that why do we leave our comfort zone of our world that we have ex- experienced? Because the truth that we may have in our world, there is a larger truth, a, a larger truth of cosmic law, natural law, which Capricorn rules all law, man-made and natural law, and h- how we can function in that Aquarian community and still have our individuality and, and yeah, that's appropriate. I mean, I that, that's part of this age of Aquarius that's a much, you know, next 2,500 years. So none of us that are currently incarnated will witness its whole trajectory. But um, that, to me, that's what the Aquarian age is about, is how do we recognize this interconnectivity that we've been talking about and that my experience while different is has parallels to the experience of people in China, in Italy. Um, and yet not homogenized to the point that that individual experience disappears or loses value, right? That's part of that Leo, Leonian polarity to Aquarius is the individual identity Um, and so grappling with that and that's part of this challenge part of the trauma part of the work right now collectively is wreck as like while there is individual suffering and individual grief and individual illness and pain and that is deserving of recognition and help not losing sight of the fact that there's it's not just you Um, and that i think too the fact that they're cardinal even though it's in a fixed sign these energies right now give um 
energy to act, to find some way. I have a neighbor. I live in a small cooperative condo. They're very active back east, not so much here in Seattle. And there's, it's small, 10 units, and there's only a, not everybody lives here all the time. So one of them wanted to have some social time. So she had social distancing, social time. And we all sat in the hallway. (laughs) Some upstairs, some on the stairs. I was on the stair. There were only four of us. And it was intriguing. You know, it was just one little way. But she is a very uh, uh, active bee to keep us united in some, you know, on a social level that way. But that's one way. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a really important part of this time is um that in uh, i've been running stuff zoom calls within my neighborhood here of like different neighbors doing talks or um you know there's a csa down the street and so the farmer walked around the farm on his iphone and everybody got to sort of see what he was planning planting um that calling it social but distant because oh. as human beings we are social creatures we are not psychologically okay if we do not have interaction with other humans for extended period like extended periods of time without interaction with other humans not okay for the psyche and so it can be done virtually it can be done 10 feet apart while you, you know, are talking to each other on opposite sides of the street or, you know, there's ways of making it work right now, but that we do need to have interaction with others. Um, it's part of what keeps us, you know, our, our psychological health in check. It is true. I was thinking of the elder. I have a mother and stepdad in an older home just this last year. Mm-hmm. And of course, they're pretty much regulated now to their rooms. And in fact, a neighbor here is a director of a, my, my folks are not in Seattle, but my neighbor does direct a, a home. Mm. She's executive director. It's amazing how many ties there are this way. But she was also commenting that people are getting a little stir crazy and uh, or else people are um, not interacting you know they're just it, it's challenging at that and and I think that's where there will be greater ideas such as people that have happy birthdays you know driving through in their cars yelling happy birthday to somebody or what there's the many sure. ways that yeah I mean, when I was doing a little bit of research and it's not everybody doesn't fit the archetype so perfectly but just looking at historically who was born with this signature not at the zero degrees but just with a mars saturn conjunction in aquarius howard hughes has had mars saturn conjunct in aquarius Hmm. and he was absolutely an innovator i mean he was like early aviation innovation technology and innovator in film like absolute what was cutting edge in his day that's what he did and a recluse and a hermit and really really struggled with agoraphobia which would also totally be Aquarius that I mean like that's how that manifested for him that was his social distancing he had agoraphobia as you speak of him I remember seeing a film about him it was fa- it absolutely a very dynamic 
strong person. And then I saw in Costco, Jeff Bridges says, what can we do? And, you know, Jeff Bridges was the actor in The Big Lebowski. The, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's Big Lebowski, yeah. Lebowski, yes. And so generally he's saying that we live on Earth with finite resources and that how we connect with, that it needs to be sustaining. You know, it is, as you say, what the, the conversation that people have had, certain groups of people have had for a long time, but it is a matter of catching the reality of all these. So I think the conversation will open up with all that air happening. There'll be a lot of communication. It's a higher octave of mercury and it's also intuitive. You know, Aquarius is quite intuitive. It's that brilliancy of the moment where the lightning flashes, you see everything and it pops right in your brain and then boom. Sure. Boom. Yeah. It's absolutely that eureka aha <laughs> moment energy um and um you know it can it can be that it can be it flips on a dime that energy you know aquarius and uranus it's like it just all of a sudden it's different and you know i think too i've heard this in different ways there's a article in atlant in the atlantic that was reminding about it was on facebook in the astrological group and one particular site and it was about the plague that was in Athens which I had not really understood there was one about 300 and some BC and it was around the Peloponnesian War and that it contributed of course to the demise of the the but during that process besides the people dying what it was bringing up as something that perhaps we can become aware of is this idea that with law there's trust that there's trust in the law there's trust that one that they felt people they felt it was a civic duty of a person to do to be courageous in order to uh to be brave to defeat Mm -hmm. fear and and to be the the higher self of in many ways you know that this was a understood among to to build civilization on that entire process but what happens is that with plague or disease it breaks down what is vulnerable not only in the body but in the culture Mm -hmm. and people gave up their trust and gave as if it didn't matter anymore and perhaps it was already weakened at that point and eventually they Athens was taken over by Sparta and there was Troy and all the history which so it, we have a choice here is, mm-hmm. is he's saying to and what we're saying is to realize that it you know we can we each have a part we each have a responsibility which can be that leader in some small way the appropriate leadership of yeah, well, I think putting our energy, I mean, yeah, this, we all have our roles to play and doing, that's what like the, having a spiritual practice can help of like assessing what is the role that you are supposed to play. Mm. Because, you know, doing how meditation practices to come to clarity about your role, because my role is not 
to go volunteer in the hospitals. Yes, I'm trained in CPR and first aid because I have worked with kids and you're required to, but that's not my job right now. That's not the role I'm supposed to play in this moment. And and it is an individual. Thank you, Laura. Yes. And it doesn't mean that that isn't other people's roles. There's all these doctors and nurses coming out of retirement. Um, But it's okay. What's my role? Well, I'm an educator. I'm a counselor. So my role is I'm holding classes to help people manage their anxiety and stress right now. I'm working with clients to help them manage their stress and anxiety right now. That's, that's the role I can play right now. Um, this is good clarity. This is good clarity. I know it, it. And so, and all those, all the different roles, even if somebody's role is they are home with their kids okay, well, somebody needs to be home with the children. Um, That everybody's role, again, that Aquarian, it's like everybody's role is significant. Everybody's role is of equal importance. You know, we were learning that now as a society of, huh, well, the most important jobs in this country right now are doctors, nurses, and grocery store clerks. In fact, that's so true. Jeff Bridges, it reminds me of part of that article that we had to do about a boat. And in order to turn the boat, the big rudder took a lot of time. So they put a little rudder on the boat, on the Mm -hmm. rudder. So the little rudder would change the big rudder. So it's just like us. You know, that was the analogy of it. and, And I also... I'm thinking to mention to our audience, the Aquarius, of course, is individuality, meaning that it has broken away from the dictates of, of, of authorized law with that, you know, the Prometheus is a moon of Saturn. Some of this I got from Maurice today, and some of it we Maurice Fernandez. So I need to plug and and mention him because he's quite a insightful instructor. And yourself too. We're talking about Prometheus in an earlier conversation we were having. So, um, well, that's the humanitarian part of Aquarius and Uranus, right? He stole fire from the gods and gave it to man, and that's where. Rick Tarnas really is the one who I first read that was really saying, like, in terms of archetype, Uranus doesn't really fit the mythology of Uranus of, or, uh, as much as Prometheus in terms of how we as astrologers identify the archetype. Yes. And it was to give people that chance of free will. Thank you. All of a sudden, yeah. I had to pause there in the brain because of tying all those thoughts together. But the Capricorn, so in other words, in Aquarius, with Prometheus, as you were connecting it to, we have free will. We have the free will to be, to take the risk for right or wrong. So in other words, that role that we have may not be preordained by whatever, like a lot of parents are saying, I'm not the teacher, but here you are, you're being the voice teaching the child, or anywhere else in society, such as what you're doing here to help nurture your community of, of contacts, which is always such yeah, a- Yeah, and I think know. in those shifts in roles, it also opens up, it can open up 
a awareness of how hard some jobs are that maybe people didn't realize. Yes. Right. That that's for sort of like, you know, some of the memes going around. It's like, yeah, nobody's ever going to tell like a, a stay at home mom isn't working. That, <laughs> that conversation, that narrative is gone. Yes. As a society. And so there's that piece of it, even though it will be, we will find a new normal that isn't isolation, right? There will be a, this, this virus will reach a point where we get it under control and we won't ever go back to how things were before um, entirely because, you know, there was, it, it's, nothing's the same. And it's you not sustainable. You can't step in the same river twice. Right? And I think you're right. Cool. And it's also not sustainable. And being the wife of a war veteran who went to Vietnam, and I also realized that war, which we are relating this very much to, mm -hmm. it's sort of an unseen enemy that one doesn't quite know where it is and one's trying. To, but the point is, is that it changes the dynamics and the relationship to life entirely. And one could look back and also say, this is not necessarily in relationship to any particular war, so I want to extract from that. But the fact is, is that the norm that we may have experienced, if it's not working, it had vulnerable parts to it because we can become, as my father said, conditioned to anything. You can get used to anything. And it's not necessarily in one's own best interest i mean this high, sure. whole idea of yeah connecting with family and connecting with on and on and on and, and other new of how we're treating the earth and the unification and i absolutely i think that that will be i hope that that will be a big piece of the shift that comes out of this is that the earth is already starting to heal with humans not polluting her so much and that oh maybe this is what maybe this is what was needed on some level to course correct the damage that we've done to the planet is oh okay industry is just going to stop car pollution is going to be radically reduced true um, my goodness that's right right the the air i mean all the satellite pictures over different parts of the world of a year ago to today it is astounding how different mm. the pollution levels are well, in the, a matter of months just the traffic it, there is no traffic and it feels so welcoming you know just the immediate sense of the calm in that case it, it's it's absolutely true and so when maybe we can see oh wait huh the sky's clearer. The air is easier to breathe. The water's less polluted. You know, if maybe it will get he, the folks who have struggled to recognize um, how humans are negatively impacting the planet, um, see the difference when we're not, you know, when we go back to how things were done for most of the time that we've been here. I'm remembering too, that later this year, Mars, I think 
June 29th, 31st. I've heard two different dates. I, I have to, I thought it was the 31st and then someone said the June 29th when I was listening to some other group or speaker. But the point is, is that Mars will be in its own sign of Aries. Right now it is in Aquarius. So between now and June, it's going to go through Aquarius and then it'll go through Pisces. I mean, it's in Capricorn and as of the 31st, it goes into Aquarius, but well, it, and it stay, goes retrograde. Yeah, it will stay. Yes, in in Aries for six months as it has that retrograde, meaning that Mars, in its own sign, this energy is. It, it won't. It, it'll be yeah. continued to be very potent. June twenty eighth. Okay. Twenty seventh, twenty eighth. Yeah, I think I have my ephemera set for midnight. So. Um, yeah, yeah, you're on the East Coast. I'm on the West. So there's three hours difference. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, so right that end of June um, is when it gets into Aries. So we will be working with that Martian energy in as far as helping us in the positive light. Mars is really a powerful sign. Well, they're all of power empowerment. They're all parts of our dynamics that we live by and so nothing is demonized or judged as wrong or anything and on the best scale mars defends it gives that energy that fire and desire to act to to go forward so it is really important to honor our own senses oh that's what i was thinking you know really this could be a new paradigm of our forward what has been called the masculine versus the feminine but you know we every we when i say we every individual has both as you know and i know feminine and masculine it's just a continual energy of get of forward receiving and creativity and so redefining this really strong sense of leadership in which is both of these planets, you know? Sure, yeah, they're both Saturn more so, um, but Mars is where we get our drive, right? Saturn's not very a not very active planet. Saturn likes to direct, but yeah, not. It takes time. Yes, it's a time oriented. It's yeah, he, it governs time. It's Father Time. Yes, right. So where Mars is is much more proactive rushing, the time. right? Shoot, fire, <laughs> aim, as Rick says. Yeah, now's um, the time by Charlie Parker. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's this, I think as Mars, and we'll talk about, I think what one of the times I'll be on, we'll be talking about the Mars retrograde, I think. Yes, um, we are. That's scheduled, I think, for... Yeah. Maybe I think in September for Virgo because it'll actually be retrograde during that time. Yeah. Um, Very dynamic. But yeah. so this energy of, you know, so I I do think that next week people are going to start to get more stir crazy. And when oh. Saturn gets out of, or when Mars gets out of Capricorn, I think everybody's sort of been 
hyper-focused on work and how do I work remotely and how do I work remotely and homeschool my kid and how do I homeschool my kid and work remotely and still get groceries, right? Like it's been this very practical, methodical way of how to schedule our time, spend our energy, direct our energy. Um, I do think once it gets into Aquarius, there'll be more impatience that is the Mars energy that can can kick in of which can lead to the innovation because people are like, okay, no, we need a solution yesterday because that's Mars. And okay, what do we need to do to solve this? Because I want it to be different. Well, there will be that. It will have all these energies. Since it's cardinal and it is physical there, and it's also right now mental because it's in the air sign and it is collaborative. I think this is where it's not just us. It's finding that community Mm -hmm. and helping others find that community. This has been such a treat for my whole psyche to be able to explore this potent moment going forward with Dr. Laura Tad of great capacity. I'm taking a moment here to mention that next week we have the Aries Cosmic Collaboration Panel, and we're talking about Chiron in Aries, which will be going on for a long extended journey transit. And so that will be on uh, April 4th. And tonight is March 28th, repeating on April 2nd, Thursday morning at six o'clock in the morning. And Dr. Laura Tad is my guest, and we're talking about the conjunction coming up on the 31st of Mars and Saturn in Aquarius that really relate to upcoming conjunctions and energies that we're transiting into on a large scale and our interconnection that's so dynamic that we're all experiencing in depth. So with that having said, we have about two minutes, Laura, and... uh, Community, yes. And, oh, we had mentioned trauma. I want people mm-hmm. to realize that part of that is connecting the emotional familiarity with the next moment. And so when things happen fast, like lightning, as illustrated by Aranus or Aquarius, one can, how do you connect the dots? So it isn't like, oh, it has to be that. I just want if people have questions why we bring it up, there's been that, but it is part of life. And astrology incorporates everything. So the fact that we are, like, as you, you know, mentioning, that we are mentioning trauma and that we're realizing, oh goodness, okay, well, Laura. <laughs> yeah, but it's a time to heal. Oh, goody. Oh, I love you. Heal the trauma. <laughs> That's the other side of it. Open together, possibility. together. I love it. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. Well, blessing to you, and I'll talk to you next month. Uh-oh.
Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.